Hey, all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Good morning. We're live for episode 156, I think. It's 156? 156 of Trek Live. Uh, how you doing this morning, Dan? I am doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk about some Deep Space Nine this morning. Yeah, me too. Uh, I like it when we do these uh, rewatch recaps for you. Uh, it's a cool way to kind of check in mm-hmm. on your experience going through a show, uh, capping off um, you know, a big chunk of it with uh, kind of looking at the season as a whole uh, that you just finished. And uh, your approach has been to do the uh, kind of thumbs up, thumbs down, see it, skip it kind of um, summary of episodes. Um, so we're going to do that today uh, for the third season of Deep Space Nine. We're going to put up a, a listing of the episodes. I'm going to sort of interview you. I'm gonna, we're going to bounce around. We're not going to go in like chronological order. I'm going to go with the episodes that I'm most curious to talk about. But we're going to talk about all 26 of them. Uh, and I'm going to ask you for a quick like sum up of what you thought. Some episodes we'll talk about more than others. Um, I'm sure some will generate more conversation than others, but yeah. you'll have to give me a basically a thumbs up or a thumbs down, a see it or skip it. Uh, for those who are watching on video, uh, you'll be able to see updates to that board of episodes basically as we go. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to it. Uh, it's a really interesting season with some super classic, you know, upper tier episodes of the, sh- the show, in my opinion. And uh, there are some interesting misfires, I think, too. Uh, I'm curious to kind of see if we're on the same page uh, and where we might diverge a little bit. And I know you have a little bit of a different way of looking at your what what constitutes a see it or a skip it. So why don't you talk about that a little bit, maybe bring people up to speed if they haven't seen the last couple of these where you kind of how do you take into account if something gets a gets a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a see it or a skip? Yeah, I'll use a previous episode as an example. An episode in, in a past season called Melora, where mm-hmm. Bill talked about misfires. I would say that's, mm-hmm. it's not a misfire. It's definitely middle of the road. Or I, another episode that comes to mind as well is Storyteller as well. Those two, I, mm-hmm. I believe I put see it. Uh, and yeah. and, and the, the reason why is, you, you, in the comments, you guys may be blowing me up, but there's elements in those episodes that I think is essential for someone going through Deep Space Nine. So it might just be one little clip or one little aspect of the episode. That's why it's see it. Even though it's it's it, it could be a middle of the road episode, even though it could be bottom tier, even there's things in the episode that I find that you have to watch, even though that the episode can be a tough watch. So if you see something like that happen in this season, um, then then that's why you know that's 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 me saying hey there's there's something in this that I think is that you need to see even though that the episode is maybe tough to get through at times so yeah so there's a little bit more nuance going into this than just a thumbs up thumbs down exactly like this is how I felt about it it's it's do you need to see it or do you not so that's why you kind of go to see it skip it real that's really the label um 
for, for, for us because it's like, do you need do you need it? Like, is there a piece of character development? Is there something with uh, the relationships of the uh, two characters that that feels important? It feels like it moves forward the series uh, in terms of those relationships or that character. Uh, so they're they're definitely. Um, I, I, I see where, where you're going, and it's it's interesting. That's why why I love doing this is that that's a different way of kind of looking at these episodes and kind of summarizing them and putting them into sort of in quotes air quotes good pile and bad pile. Like it's yeah. not quite as simple as just good bad. So I, I really enjoy these. And I'm looking forward to getting into this and, for sure. And and one thing is is that some of these episodes don't get a lot of airtime. And what I mean by that yeah. is is not a lot of people talk about these episodes. And I think. If you've watched us at least for a little bit, you know that we're more positive on track. So I would like to find good things yeah. in the bad stuff. So, yes. And you often can, in my opinion. I think even in some of the worst episodes that that don't work for me personally, there are there are like little character beats or there are, there are moments that that do work and that yeah. and I I always kind of talk about like because I'm a fan and I, I love this world. I love these characters. I love the setting. I like to just be in that headspace. Even when the episode is not firing on all cylinders, yeah. or it might not be totally successful. I'm, I'm happy to be there. So I don't, I don't look at it through like a, a super critical, you know, my arms folded, show me what you got. Critic, <laughs> yeah. Uh, approach. You know, that's just not my nature when I'm watching this show, uh, these shows, the Star Trek franchise um so I, I get that and this is a cool way to kind of force yourself to look at it that way instead of just a purely like objectively critical uh, eye it's like well, what what feels important what feels like it's 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 you know necessary for the grand scheme of things yeah um jimmy 77's in the youtube chat room we're, we're by the way if you're watching us on either platform we're currently live streaming on uh, periscope and twitter uh and on youtube so you can find us either way as, as a live stream yeah. um and it'll be available on both as like a, as a recording probably easier to access access on youtube um on the recording side of things but you'll be able to find it on either yeah. now um jimmy 77 says uh basically echoing us like it serves and advances the exactly. plot lines yes exactly. that's what we're looking yeah. for or what you're looking for since you're labeling these episodes. Uh, Cyber Honey says season three, the writing's starting to really get uh, diverse. Uh, the episodes would not rely on any character, any one character at once. Um, sometimes uh, subplots are better than the main, like the A plot. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. Some, the, the B plot's better than A plot. Sometimes that does happen for sure. Um, <clears throat> cool. Uh, let's uh, real quick. I'll just do a real quick because this is like a big rewatch recap for you. Uh, you're a little into season four of Deep Space Nine, correct? Yes, I've uh, watched three so episodes. Okay, yes. all right. Um, do we want to talk about them this morning? Ah, uh, we can. Do you want to go into a little bit? Yes. Let's, let's do, do like real quick. Uh, uh, how, how are you feeling going into season four? With real quick, the, this run that I just went through, uh, I had a conversation with myself saying that this is a really <laughs> bold statement, but is this the best trek? That I that is, is is this the best trek? And so I went uh, the way of the warrior. Uh, that's a two parter. Uh, then I went the visitor, and then um, Hippocratic Oath is that third episode. And I think there's some great variety in that. I think each one of those episodes is very different from one another, but I think are just just really good stuff. So um, great run. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's a that's a radically different. That's a that's a really good example of like the Swiss Army knife idea that we always talk about episodes Trek feeling very 
different from each other, distinctive tones and genres. Uh, you can't get much more uh, divergent than the way of the warrior, big action and, you know, world building, yeah. you know, grand, epic, two hour episodes, really quiet, intimate, heavy character drama with the visitor leaning heavily into emotion. Emotional yeah. Yeah, and then Hippocratic Oath's like an ethical, uh, you know, dilemma that tests a friendship um, with O'Brien and Bashir. So, yeah, really, really different episodes that set out to achieve different things, but I think all three are pretty darn successful. Yeah, The Visitor, which I think is, like, way in the upper tier, like some of the best Star Trek of all time, I think, um, because of how emotional it is and how, how deep it is. Um Boy, the Warriors, obviously, like, spoiler alert, I'm sure that's going to be a see it on your season four. So you Take that. Because it. it's about <laughs> as essential as it gets. Yeah. Uh, as far as just, like, teeing up what's coming uh, for the rest of the show, really. And uh, Hippocratic Oath is, um, I think, a really underrated, you know, I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because it is surrounded by... Greatness, yeah. You know, or at least preceded by those two really key, huge, much-discussed episodes. Really strong, really, really strong yeah. stuff. Um so I'm really eager to see where you think Deep Space Nine goes in the fourth season. You're really getting into the thick and thin of it now that Cisco's got the shaved head and the goatee. Yeah. Worf's there, and yep. we are knee deep. You you are knee deep into the sort of the, the Dominion is like very present at this point uh, as a as a you know sticking their hand in the pot and really shaking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Klingon stuff coming with Worf being involved and the Klingon Empire going off in a crazy direction. Yeah. So it's um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I love the fact that you're kind of rediscovering Deep Space Nine for, you know, the first time in a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a while since you first saw it, right? So, yeah. Um, that gives you a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Cool. And for me, I'm moving pretty slow. I'm on, uh, what did I, I watched Pegasus, which I love. love uh, that I think episode. that's a great episode of TNG. So that's, that's really, really strong. Uh, great guest star, Terry O'Quinn, who's famous for Lost. He's, uh, John Locke in, in, in Lost, for those who are familiar with that show, Emmy winner, plays the Admiral. Uh, great Riker stuff, you know, diving into his backstory. Backstory, yeah, it's great. Prior assignments, he's talking about his time as an ensign on the Pegasus, uh, a mutiny on a Starfleet ship. And, um, great Romulan stuff, great score, really good music in that one, really moody, really distinctive, like mm-hmm. unique uh, vibes. LeVar Burton directed it. So a lot of really cool stuff uh, with that. It's one of my favorites. Um, and uh, Homeward, which is sort of like the the, the pre-Star Trek insurrection yeah. episode. Like, it's uh, sort of the same idea. You have this, you know, uh, very primitive, uh, you know, pre-tech uh, alien society that for one reason or another, needs to be moved. Very different reasons in insurrection and homeward, um, but they have to use the holodeck to, you know, there's subterfuge to try to potentially yeah. move a society from one planet to another. Yeah. Um, so, interesting. Um, one-two punch there. I, I love the Pegasus, obviously. Homeward's, I think, a little bit more of a mixed bag. Um, I'm hoping to watch a few more today uh, to get uh, rocking and rolling in the back half of season two of Deep Space Nine and season seven of TNG, which is where I am. So, yeah. cool. Cool. All right, so let's um, let's move into the, the episode board portion of this with season three yeah. stuff. Um, so we're going to kind of bounce around uh I'm, I'm not interested in really just kind of going from the search part one to the adversary i'm going to bounce around and kind of just 
see where this goes. There are episodes that I'm curious to ask you about. Um, I'm probably going to start off with some obvious ones that I at least know about you, mm-hmm. just to kind of get them off the board and yeah. hear what you have to say. Um, but um, I'm curious. There are some folks in the chat, Jimmy77, CyberHoney. Yeah. I know we're here. I haven't really been watching the Periscope one. But uh, anybody who's out there, you have comments. If there are episodes on this board that stand out to you, uh, definitely share with us, and I'm sure we will uh, be eager to incorporate that into our yeah. discussion. A couple things before we start. Bear with us, guys. Uh, both of us are doing producery stuff, so it might if there's a if there's yeah. a little bit of a uh, just a lack of conversation. And initially, uh, we're just doing some back end stuff. Um, and then if you're watching yes. on the podcast feed or listening on the podcast feed, definitely appreciate that. But I think this it would be better if you listened on YouTube or Periscope because you can see the um, the actual yes. board. So another just a few house, housekeeping things. We always recommend the video yeah. for, for, for especially these episodes where we have more visual components yeah. uh, to help us along with our conversation. So, uh, you ready? I'm ready. So I'll ever let's be. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, let's let's start with uh, the, the first one that obviously, just for you, and it might not be this way for everybody, uh, but I know an episode that's like near and near to your heart and is probably I'm, I'm assuming is an obvious see it for you is civil defense. Uh, is that correct? Is that a see it for you? And what are your uh, overall impressions of civil defense, or am I wrong? Is it a skip it? I don't know. It is a see it. Okay. Uh, and there's a few reasons why. Um, and there's some bold statements that I'm probably going to say here. It's probably my favorite episode of the season uh, okay. for a couple reasons. Um, well, yeah, it's my favorite of the season just because um, I really like this. It's got some, I've talked about it before, but it's got some. Um, outside of Trek um, uh, aspects that make it my favorite. But um, it's a really s- kind of simple setup. It, 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 it's kind of based on the premise of the, of the show, too. It's, 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 um, I feel like just a really simple setup of uh, really, um, you know, separating members of the crew kind of on yeah. a away mission and then, you know, the, the bridge or the... You know, ops has to, has to kind of navigate the whole thing, but it kind of unravels um, and ends, I, I think, in a, in a great way. So um, it's probably, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's like top one or two favorite of the season, just because, again, the outside track stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just, I, I really do love this simple setup. I love it. Yeah, I, I know the story behind why it's it's uh, <clears throat> important to you personally, and I think that's like always an interesting component to these kinds of things. Sometimes episodes carry in a little extra meaning if you saw them at an important time or you remember watching it at an important time in your life. Yeah, that's that's a huge component to any TV show, any movie. I think like when you saw them, what you were doing when you saw them, what was going on in your life when you saw them. Yeah, can really impact uh, how they kind of sit in your memory. And I I know civil defense is one that will probably. Uh, be be a big part of you and your like Star Trek journey uh, yeah. for for those reasons at least. But it's also it's, I, I think it's a great episode on its own too because of like you said it has the classic setup of like separating the crew and they're all in like slightly different situations and paired with kind of unique 
uh, putting unique pairs and, and um, in, a, in a crisis situation. There's the great uh, Ducat Garrick stuff. Bajorn, um, like I can hear this yeah, episode. The Bajoran as well. workers <laughs> as well. It's iconic at this point. Yeah, I think everybody's got that locked yeah. into their head forever. Yeah. Uh, Gold Ducat saying Bajoran workers. Yeah, uh, is yeah. It's it, I think it's a great one. Um, yeah. And I, I figured just get it off the board quick because I knew it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it was one of your favorites. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, knocking out some of these two partners? Past tense, uh, parts one and two. Or, what do you What do you think? Uh, those are big seats for me. Um, oops. Shocker. I. Okay. I remember vaguely kind of what was going on in this, but. Um, it felt really fresh. Uh, it felt um, so uh, just right on for what's happening right now. Um, and it's I, I know that it, it's tough because Star Trek um, gets knocked for maybe going back to the well with time travel too much. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is probably one of the first ones where they go back in time. Uh, in, Deep Space Nine. Deep Space sure. Nine, yeah. So... Um, a uh, really good time. I think it gives the episode gives everyone really something to do. Uh, yeah. It's it's even on the Defiant. You know the crew is trying to save this, um, save the group that's down in a different time. Uh, there's some funny things with them bouncing around in different times before. There's some really good yeah. moments there. Um, but yeah, there's uh, this is really um, powerful. Um, kind of uh, political commentary a little bit here, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just all around, uh, I think, tr- like top track uh, here. This is definitely a classic for sure. Yeah, it's aged really well. I think. I think uh, <clears throat> I, I like it more now than I did back then uh, when it was when it was new. Yeah. When I was very young. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, the issueness of it and the the way it approaches. Issue, I think, what Avery Brooks gets to do, um, he's, he's he's really, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's got some interesting you know, scenery to chew on, and, and, and you know, big big things to play. Um, I, I'm I'm definitely a fan. Um, Cyber Honey says, not a fan. Uh, skip okay. it for past tense. Interesting. Love to hear it. Uh, the, the divergent opinions. Um, what about the search parts one and two? to kick off the season yeah where are you on on them um I I would say I would say see it um yeah cause I think it it really it's it's not it's I, I always I always say building off the premise but it's not really building off the premise it's building off of um you know what we've seen before like this is this is uh, this is Deep Space Nine being more serialized. This is Trek being yeah. more serialized. So I think uh, it's it's definitely something um, that you have to see. Uh, I think you definitely have to see it because yeah. of the reveal of the changelings and the obviously the big movement for Odo's character and 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 uh, things it sets up. It's clearly like a major. Um, jumping off point for where the show's going to go from here. Yeah. I think they, there's debate to be had for, you know, how strong is it? Um, you know, I think we talked about that a little bit on our two-part 
draft a couple of weeks ago when we hit the, the search. I don't remember if either of us chose it, um, but I think I remember both of us talking about preferring part one to part two, feeling like part two maybe lost a little bit of steam, didn't love the final resolution. Don't like um, the twist at the end. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you guys haven't seen it, I, I maybe we won't talk about that. But yeah, I think definitely the first part, um, I prefer at least for see it. Isn't that where the Defiant gets introduced? Yes. Well? Yeah. So I, re- yeah. I really like that. I like that they, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of a fun thing to, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to have now <clears throat> with the show uh, is a ship um, and a very unique one at that. So um, I love it. And I think it, just talking about the Defiant just for a little bit because I, I love ships. Sure. I think it's, it's such a departure from what we've seen. And I think it, it, emulates the show a little bit this show is is very um it's breaking away from what we've seen in the past and i love that this it's just it's just perfect so um yeah can't argue with that um let's go yeah. to a cyber hunt or no jimmy 77 mentioned the improbable cause and the dice cast as his favorites from season three yeah. where are you on those are seats. I mean, come on, those. Uh, again, that's this. We're getting into the serialization. I think, uh, spoiler alert, of that that back half, it starts to like like pick up like that. I think it's really Deep Space Nine is really firing on all cylinders, um, and and maybe like I like the pairing as well in in the Dias cast as well, but. <clears throat> I think again, it gives everyone something to do. Um, it feels big, also, and building off the premise and kind of what we've—not the premise, but um, you know, backstories and world things. Building. Yeah. World building. World uh, building. It's just—it's just so good. So good. Yeah, it's. Um, I think there's some of the best acting, uh, some of the best performances in in this season, especially you know, but it, throughout Deep Space Nine, I think that. Renee Aubergenois and Andrew Robinson, Odo Garrick stuff in, yeah. those, in those two episodes is upper, upper tier uh, Star Trek performances. Uh, the, the, the kind of iconic scene in uh, the holding cell with Garrick and Odo, with Garrick kind of holding Odo's shape uh, with that device and yeah. trying to get information from him and uh, is, is, is really, really powerful stuff. Uh, really raw, really emotional uh, where Odo admits that he does want to go home to not mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, but with his people, like he has that burning desire within him. Yeah. That's kind of, that's his contradiction. That's his constant battle with himself. He does, his natural instinct is to want to go be with his people and kind of resolve that part of himself. But mm-hmm. he, he has this conflict within him uh, for all kinds of reasons. Kira, obviously, I think pulling him to stay on Deep Space Nine uh, and just knowing what the Dominion is, I think he has problems uh, with with that obviously mm-hmm. uh, so it really really important character stuff for those two for those two but also like you said world building setting up what's coming with uh, the, the whole Dominion dynamic and how different uh, species are reacting to it in the Alpha Quadrant you have the Romulans and the Cardassians trying to sort of fight them back in their own way and mm-hmm. protect the Alpha you know the, the, the side of the wormhole so really really great stuff uh what about another episode that was mentioned? Jimmy seventy seven also mentioned. And I'm curious uh, to hear you because I don't think we ever really talked about it. Is visionary the, the O'Brien sort of uh, 
jumping forward in time uh, paradox episode. Um, yeah, it's uh, isn't there another similar episode? Maybe Distant Voices. Distant Voices is uh, right after it, and it's that's a Bashir, yeah, yeah, also yeah. kind of like mind bendy yeah. kind of. Uh, hallucinatory, wacky premise. Yeah. So let, let's do them both. I'm curious because we didn't really talk about either one of them on like our rewatch recaps or uh, anything. So I, I don't know your thoughts uh, on the see it, skip it level or just on the, the how did you like them quality kind of level as well. Uh, there's see it's for me, both of them. Uh, I, okay. I right. like Visionary. Um, it's just a fun, really. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think it's a simple like you get, you get to stay in the station, um, but it's it's a fun, um, uh, really sci-fi concept. And I think yeah. uh, sometimes uh, one thing that maybe lacks in Deep Space Nine is the um, sci-fi-ness of it. I think yeah. uh, when people think Deep Space Nine, they think of character drama and these grand, grandiose you know character dramas and these big battles and things like that. But we yeah. um, sometimes we don't get these. I mean, we get it with past tense, obviously, with some sci-fi stuff but I think Distant Voices in particular or no yeah Visionary both of them really both of them really Visionary especially but I think, it's very much like a TNGS kind of yeah tiny whiny crazy yeah it's definitely out there and I think um, uh, the, the twist at the end to let the other um, O'Brien come back I think is, is, is cool and I think it really fits yeah. that character with um, uh, just O'Brien being really I mean he's yeah, so uh, I like both of them actually. Um, I think they're they're similar in some regards, but I think um, uh, it's kind of a cute way in distant voices to be like, okay, the station is uh, Bashir's body and things like that. Mm-hmm. And to, it's it's definitely really twisty turvy, twisty turny, and, and really um, makes makes you think and yeah, yeah, it's, mind bendy. Very much in the, in the, it feels like almost like a, something Brandon Braga would have come up with. Like, yeah, yeah. On the next generation, especially when he, he would, his kind of Minoski, uh, yeah. MO is to yeah. come up with those kinds of, or Joe Minoski. I yeah. think Minoski might have even been, I don't know if he wrote Distant Voices. I, I don't know. It seems like something one of those guys would come up with for sure. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Distant Voices is a little bit more, I think, divisive uh, for, for some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, that's a that's a more mileage may vary kind of a situation but i yeah i, I think the premise is interesting and it's it's definitely a deep dive into sort of this year's mental makeup and yeah that's so it's his birthday and he's kind of afraid of aging and i think turns 30 in the episode uh he's he's you know struggling with that and i like um at least i like to think that i like the, the cleverness of assigning each um uh each crew member a a a um Part of his personality. Or part of his personality, but I think even more that I think that even um, people forget that that this is Bashir's first posting, and I think that um, yeah. it's cool to see that he takes elements from his his crew and, and, and incorporates mm-hmm. it into himself. And I like to think that that's point. kind of a cool little. I don't know if that, that that's what they're going for, but that's what I got from it. So. Well, you may be excited to hit distant voices again on my when I hit it next in the next season for me uh, because I, I've never it's never been one of my favorites uh, okay. down further from me uh, but now I'm eager to watch it to fresh out that's why we do this that's why we do it yeah. absolutely um, 
let's let's we're, we're we're filling up with seats, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about a couple that are usually pretty traditional. I can also uh, misses give you some skivas as well. Yeah, there's lots of well. I'm eager to ask you about Meridian and Fascination. Uh, they're the two that are most commonly cited as like the big misfires of season three. Yeah. Do you agree with that assessment? Do you think they're both skippets? Do you have, is there something in either one of them that makes you want to say, see it? Uh, let's start with Meridian. Uh, I think okay. it's a cool sci-fi concept. Um, I just can't get on board with this love thing. I just, I, it's, a, it's a skip it for me. Um, <clears throat> the big problem with Meridian for me is that it tries to sell you on this idea that yeah. Dax is so ready and willing to kind of throw it all away and, you know, yeah. go to this trans-dimensional place with this guy she just met. Yeah. Uh, who I don't find particularly compelling uh, and I think Dax also carries with her like this additional sense of protection and and you know in my mind at least maybe in my own headcanon like there's a sense of I, I don't know like th- that decision doesn't necessarily seem in keeping with protecting the symbiont and keeping yeah, that it going and like, like removing it from it just doesn't add up for me so I, I get it. Yeah, I, I do not like that episode very much. I The only thing that I really do like about it, and I will say that I think it would be a cool... Um, it's a, definitely a cool sci-fi setup, and I just talk, talked about how Deep Space Sign doesn't really do that, but this one in particular is kind of cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just can't get on board with... Uh, just her action seems out of character, and also the... the then the crew is like, I mean, there's there's some pushback, obviously, but then they're okay with it. It's just, yeah, it's um, definitely an anomaly for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then fascination, big time skip it. Is that the one? Is that the one you asked? Yeah, fascination. That's yeah. the other big time. Big time uh, skip it. There's often cringeworthy moments in oh, that yeah. episode, and I find I'm laughing for the wrong reasons. Uh, in that episode, so uh, big time skip it. Uh, do not waste your time uh, with, with watching that one. <laughs> yeah, I've always felt like that's one of, in my opinion, one of Deep Space Nine's weakest efforts. Uh, there's some interesting direct directorial choices going on. There's a lot of like long takes, one shots, like long, long, you know, extended yeah. takes uh, where the camera is just kind of like floating around from one scene to the next uh, that I kind of like the the distinctiveness of that choice. You don't see that very often in track. Like the way that Avery Brooks, who directed it, uh, has the camera. Like this is like during, this is all taking place during this like big festival that they're throwing on the promenade. It's like the during holiday. And uh, so the promenade is like full of people and in different points along the way, there are people like outside of Quarks and people on the upper level and uh, just looking out the windows and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. The camera just kind of like moves from one thing to the next without cutting. It's kind of like the 1917 like yeah. thing in Deep Space Nine uh, that I kind of find refreshing and different and original, um, but it doesn't you know, cover for the, the, the 
yep. the content. <laughs> and not, then, I don't find it enjoyable myself. And Troy's not even really, or Loxana Troy's not really in it much. She doesn't have much. Mm-hmm. She's affecting this, but she yeah. like, she, I feel like she has barely any lines. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't come directly to mind. Like she, it, it, yeah, it comes to mind is like, oh, that's a little Loxana really bad. Um, and if you're if you are a Loxana Troy fan, as Cyber Honey says, uh, then I guess as a completionist, you would you would want to watch this. Uh, yeah. It is a part of her canon. But you're right; I don't think of it as an episode that really brings anything important to the table for her. Yeah. Uh, unlike the Forsaken in season one, which is another one that people are mixed on, uh, but I think that actually does like reveal some things about Loxana's character. Yeah. And her, you know her 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 makeup and things that are unique about her character. Where this one, I don't feel like it does. It's she's kind of a plot device. She's what allows this utter insanity to happen. Yeah. Uh, where these characters are paired up in bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy seventy seven says, "If you like to watch DS nine characters kiss, then yeah, see it." <laughs> yeah, hard to argue with that. It's, that is what happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about uh let's go to another easy curious about uh explorers i know it's easy for you oh this uh, when i (laughs) when i talked about favorites here uh one of my favorites for sure i like the um just the father-son dynamic um i think it uh it's um let out, there's some really deep stuff in it actually I think it allows uh, for the you know the Cisco's uh, I will say mm-hmm. to be um, really vulnerable and I think uh, to this point uh, and maybe uh, I forget what episodes in it but um, they kind of dance around the fact that Jake and, and maybe it's last season as well but Jake doesn't want to go to Starfleet doesn't want to follow mm-hmm. in his father's footsteps and if I'm in Jake's shoes, that's a tough thing for me to open up about, right? This, this, your dad is like the, um, just this really, um, I don't know. It's 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 hard to be in his shadow, and I feel like this is a good moment for them to kind of really open up to each other. Um, yeah, and I just I just really love the, um, you know, we I, there's an episode I forget it. I have terrible names, but they they go on a camping trip. Um, Jim and R in 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 earlier season I think but um I think this one is to me a, a way better cooler father son thing to be able to also build on the premise and build on the Bajoran backstory and the history and it's just it's it's so good <laughs> I love it yeah I, I I agree I think if you're talking see it skip it like what's important what's not I think explorers is as important as it gets, I think. Uh, yeah. You know the the building on Cisco's character, and the, we talked about it last season with Second Sight, uh, which I, I don't oh, yeah, this, think yeah. many people would find like super successful. Um, I think it, it really is a key episode with understanding Cisco's, you know, character. Right? You know, the, his his the foundation of his character is that he's a single dad and that he's a widower. And, you know, all of the things that make him unique, you know, that can come from that place. You know, that's that's a that's such a mm-hmm. huge component to his to, to his uh, being and yeah. uh, explores explores a lot of that. Um, and Cyber Honey actually mentions the, the subplot with Bashir, with the, the other doctor who she gra- who oh, graduated yeah, with yeah. in the academy, the, the, yeah. the valedictorian. Um, 
and there's that great singing drunk scene with O'Brien where he's kind of pining and <laughs> yeah. uh, breaking down. <laughs> that is, is really good. I think it's a really well balanced episode. It's another one. Deep Space Nine's got such great B plots because characters are so good. Like they can have these little yeah. side stories that are not like the defining thing and not the big, big thing that's driving the episode forward. But it's given, you know, character you know, character acts, whoever it is that time. You know, something interesting to do and it's just kind of building the the, the depth of that character and I think that's a good one for Bashir yeah, but, and but, Bashir and O'Brien's friendship yeah but it feels real too yeah. like I, I think all of yeah. us have kind of experienced something to that end like I, I oh yeah yeah so I like that definitely yeah it's a, a very successful episode I think an important one um yeah uh Jimmy77 I see your comment and we will talk about that because that's an important uh that's an important point. We'll definitely touch on that at the end. Uh, well, let's talk about um, let's talk about Second Skin, which is a big hero okay. episode. Um, where do you where do you fall on that? Uh, it's a see it for me. Okay. Uh, because I think it um, a lot of the times uh, we think of the Cardassians as the bad guys, and our perspective is always through the lens of. Um, how they treated the Bajorans. And I think this kind of flips it on its head just a little bit. It changes our perspective of the Cardassians um, just a little bit. I think uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's definitely Cardassian and, the, and to think that, wow, that they're going this far to actually yeah. convince, you know, it, it feels Cardassian in that nature, but it also is like, okay, not all of these guys are bad. Not all of these guys are bad people. And I think... Um, it's one of those episodes that ends with maybe not such a a good ending, but I, I it it's it's yeah, again, I think not my, a happy ending. Not a happy ending. My takeaway is is that it changes my perspective on the Cardassians uh, yeah. at this point. So big time. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it I think it adds a lot of texture to that whole dynamic. It it three dimensionalizes the Cardassians, I think it's easy in Star Trek to yeah. sort of lump species together and be like, oh, well, all Klingons are X and all Cardassians are Y and kind of label them with traits that are universal. And I think Second Skin does a really nice job of broadening our view of what a Cardassian is and that they're not all golden cut. <laughs> like that they don't all come from <laughs> yeah, that exactly. same exact place and have that same view of everything. There are people who see things from a different political lens and have different opinions and would have done things differently and have different priorities and second skin, I think forces yeah. us to confront those things the same way it forces Kira to confront those things. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, and I like that it, it plays with the Cardassians. They made some sacrifices as well. Like this family was torn apart because of what happened. Like it, everyone, you know, talks about how much um, the Bajorans were affected and the sacrifices they had sure. to make and things like that. But Obviously. this, yeah. this, this is cool to see. Um, the, the other yeah, side I think. Of the coin. It, yeah, it, it, it touches on <clears throat> you know these big events whether it's a war or an occupation like these things they have consequences and what, yeah. what, on dependent regardless of what side of the, the issue that you're on you know people are affected families are affected there are there are widespread ripples that touch everybody and it's uh yeah i i, I think it's successful i think it's i think it's a really strong uh, the not visitor episode yeah um, Strong performance from her, a really good guest star, Cyber Honey. Or no, Jimmy Seven Seven mentioned the there's a sequel. There's, a, there's an episode coming a couple of seasons down the road, Ties of Blood and Water, that is uh, 
Mm-hmm. In play too, so it's not it's not one of those Star Trek episodes that ends and you never kind of hear about it again. There is some follow up to that story. Um, Cyber Honey mentioned see, uh, Second Skin as a skip it for for her, okay. and sees it as sort of a a, a rehash or a, a redo of uh, TNG Space and the Enemy, which is on on the surface they are very similar. That you know Space and the Enemy opens with yeah. um, Troy looking in a mirror and she's a Romulan. This you know the teaser ends with. Kira waking up and she's hard asking. So I get that. I get the, the, mm-hmm. the connection uh, there for sure. Um, what about another Kira episode and, and one that we have not discussed? Shakar uh, towards the back end of season three. Yeah. Uh, it is a big time see it for me. Um, okay. Uh, it definitely builds on the premise. Uh, again, it, it, it touches on the. Um, I think it's it's uh, it's it's again they're trying to be ambitious again, uh, but they're they're also trying to be real as well, saying hey this is we could easily just slip back into war and 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 and, and things like that. So, um, big time see it for me. I think it's uh, yeah I like Shikar too yeah. I love that it it talks about hey I mean we didn't go through all this to uh, just to go back to fighting again but it, it's 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 cool and not cool it's interesting because I think that now is like in their nature right it, it's in the nature to yeah. um, a Bajoran to a fight against uh, a, a leader or dictator <laughs> yeah. uh, if they don't agree um, yep. and they're willing to fight for. Um, what they believe in, and I think that's um, at the core of being a Bajoran. But also, it's it's really easy to fall into uh, some negative aspects of that. So, uh, sure, yeah, I think it explores all those yeah. issues well, like that, that that instinct and the conditioning that comes from the experience and the occupation. Yeah, but I also I think like we said, the second skin kind of three dimensionalizing the Cardassians. I think Shakar continues to build on this idea that the Bajorans are not a single thing like they they do not this is a divided mm-hmm. group of people that do not all see the same path forward you know Kai Wen has her agenda there are others who have very different ones yeah. who have very different paths in mind for the for the Bajoran people and how they're going to move forward so I um yeah I think for all those reasons it's, but I it's think successful it's 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 interesting because as much as much as people like bag on Kai Wen I don't particularly like her um much but I think that's a point here. But um, I think both her her mind is in the right spot here. She they want to join the Federation, but it's also like the the uh, just the population and, and everyone wants they want to do that too. But they it's not ready. It's not the right time. So mm-hmm. um, right. they have issues to work out first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do another episode that kind of heavily features Kira. There's a couple. I'm just kind of running through Kira. There's a lot of Kira actually in yeah, these episodes that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about life support, which is a kind of equal parts Kira, equal parts sheer kind of story with Vedic Riles, uh demise. Another Kai Wind heavy episode as well. This is such a tough one. I go back and forth on the. See it or skip it here. Um, I'm, I'm not too. I, I'm not too keen on the, the loves kind of story here. Um, I think it's a see it 
because uh, it goes into some tough places to talk about with um, just the medical field and you know at what point is is this gonna like go to tip the scale to you know what's what's the return on investment here is is this as ethical really um and the other and the other thing is too uh that's kind of the main reason why is that ethical kind of dilemma that you're that bashir is faced with not too keen on the love stuff but also the um the the like the the what ends will bajorans go to like like they, they, he, he puts his life on the line for his people. Yeah. Like this is like, no. like that's 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 the other reason as well as like the, obviously the world building and, and them trying to make a treaty and things like that. But those two kind of the ends that the Bajoran people will go for peace is unbelievable. Brile specifically. Brile specifically. I think, I think um, you know some Bajoran leaders maybe have different uh, motives here, but. Um, yeah, that, that ethical dilemma, I think, is one of the strongest things. Um, so it's I think it's a see it. It's a see it for me. Uh, I could be talked out of it very easily, but um, it is a see it for me. So Yeah, we have some mixed opinion even in the chat. We have uh, CyberHoney and Jimmy77 both uh, mentioning it as sort of in the bottom of the pack for them for the season. Rob is here and uh, says it's Rob. such an underrated episode. Welcome, Rob. Good to see you as always. Uh, I will say that, Rob, we led off with civil defense and you have actually yes. built for that. <laughs> I know he's a big yeah. uh, civil defense guy as well. So Yes. Classic. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but, and I think I remember, I think we've spoken before, Rob, in some uh, conversation or other uh, about the uh, strength of, of life support. I, I, I'm with you. I, I like life support, but I also uh, acknowledge that it's a it's a, a bit of a divisive episode, I think. Big time. It's one that we're having to hold on. Um, let's do uh, Quark. We have the House of Quark and Profit Motive. Let's, let's kind of pair them up. Uh, I think they're very different episodes, uh, but they're sort of the two... Uh, actually, there's three. There's House three, of Quark, yeah. Profit Motive, and Family, family Business, business are the yeah. big, heavy Quark ones, one in each column here. Yeah. Uh, let's let's bounce from, from those three as we're kind of coming up on an hour with a few episodes to go. Uh, where do you where do you sort of sit on those those three? Uh, House Quark first. Let's start with House of Quark. Um, I love. I really did love this episode. I didn't expect to. Uh, I think it's a good pairing. Uh, it's, it's it's really. I think they're both both. Um, uh, I like both species are really um, mm-hmm. <laughs> really black and white maybe oil and water here but um, mm-hmm. uh, I really do like that episode um, I think there's some great comedic elements as, in it as well um, just great all around episode what are your thoughts? yeah I, yeah, <laughs> I, I like House of Quark I think it's a lot of fun uh, there's a lot of good humor in it I'm, I I love uh, Quark handing out pads and taking the Klingons all through like tax code and all the the inner inner financial workings yeah. of these contracts and stuff. I think there's a lot of really funny stuff there. Uh, but I, I think the the yin yangness of uh, characters like Quark and Grilka and the Klingons and the Ferengi mm-hmm. is is a really cool uh, way to explore uh, those two societies, those those two species that are so different. Yeah. Uh, yet both so, so kind of extreme in their mm-hmm. in their camps. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a, I think it's 
my favorite of those three episodes mm-hmm. for, for my money. Uh, what about Profit Motive? The skip. Skip it. Okay. Yes. Um, I anytime the the Negus comes, I don't know if I like it. <laughs> uh, and it's, I don't know. I, uh, I could maybe be talked into it, but um, I there's some Ferengi stuff that I I don't really enjoy. Um, this might be one of them. I could get, I could maybe get talked into it, but um, yeah. And I think it's, I don't know. I don't. Know. Am it's I am a, I way off here? <laughs> no, no. I don't think it's. A, I don't. It's not one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's got the uh, the flip version of the rules of acquisition. Yeah. The profits in, in influenced uh, Zach version of them. Uh, which kind of you know is an interesting way to explore the the Ferengi society to kind of make them self-reflect and look at you know, pushing the other way uh, on these core issues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't find it. I, it's not a favorite. I don't I don't think it's okay. Super. Fun. I, I don't find it as funny as some other things that come in other Quark episodes. Yeah. And, uh, I agree with you. I think. The Zach stuff, the Grand Agus stuff, is very hit and miss. Yeah, for, for me, I think um, it the the rules of acquisition is such a core thing. I don't know how they could change that, and I just knew that going in. So I was like, this is I don't know. I don't know. Family business. Uh, I like a little bit more. Uh, I like the um, it it. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of social commentary here, but it pushes the boundary on um, Frankie culture a little bit. Uh, I like the the bicker, like how they bicker, and, and there's some good dynamic there. There's some um, just good moments in there uh, as well for family business. So I, I would say see it for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely expands on uh, family dynamics, work yeah. rom, and Ishka. Um, Ishka, and that all comes back. That's a that's a running theme. It definitely tees up a lot yeah. of things that are coming down the road. Moogie. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to come in that storyline. That's yeah. definitely like a little mini series within Deep Space Nine. It's this family drama with Quark yeah. and company. Um, and there was a so. There was an episode previously where there was a, another female that was uh, disguised as a male doing business as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's, it's gender roles. You need you need this to kind of keep the arc moving. I think. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. It's it's yeah. an important cog in the storyline. If you're not going to throw the entire Ferengi thing out, exactly, uh, then you probably need family business. I don't think you need profit motive. I don't think that carries the same level of. Uh, wait later on in the show that family business does. So that's a good point. I, I would agree with that. Um, let's see. Uh, what about a big, a big Odo slash Nog story, which is Heart of Stone, uh, with their sort of parallel big confessions. Yeah. That they're uh, that they both make. Um, what do you What do you think of that one? I love this episode. I really do. It's kind of a, a simple kind of setup. Um, kind of a way mission thing with kind of a twist, fun twist at the end. Um, but I think uh, both parallel, these characters are pressured into uh, admitting something that that, that, that is going to really shift that char- character um, moving forward. Um, yeah. in, in Heart of Stone, we learned that um, Odo... Uh, 
as the thing for Kira. Um, mm-hmm. And Nog is pressured into, which I think I like a little bit more, um, to, he wants to to go into um, into Starfleet. And I think there's some uh, cool things with um, Cisco pressuring him as well. And also, just, he doesn't want to end up like his dad, like this, this brilliant tinker, but working, you know, this dead-end job. He wants to, he wants to better himself. Um, and that's, to me, such a Star Trek thing, and that's such a Starfleet thing, and such a Federation thing that I, I just cannot... This is a see it for me, big time. Yeah, I think uh, Cyber Hunting was first announced that Aaron Eisenberg passed away. That episode is kind of what immediately came to mind. And I kind of agree with that. I think this is such a major turning point for that character uh, in the way we see Nog and his arm. Um, I think that's the definite strong point here. I think the other stuff is important too. I think it carries a little less weight because of the twist, kind of similar to the search part two. There's the rug pulled out from under you. Yeah. The confession and the things that we just went through don't carry as much weight. I get that it forces Oda to acknowledge it to himself and admit it and speak it and out loud. Us. Like he does yeah. have to do that. And to us, it tells the audience and confirm stuff that we, I think, already suspected, yeah. um, but makes him confess it to us. Like you said, he confesses it to us and, it, and I think it also puts into focus this thing that comes later in the dice cast, which we already talked about, where when he's talking to Garrick about wanting to go home and what what's keeping him on Deep Space Nine and his current dynamic and how much weight Kira kind of holds in that in that uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it is important, um, but I think the Nog stuff is what really I gravitate toward in Heart of Stone for all the reasons you said. Yeah. Um, Let's knock out another two. Uh, there's a twosome here that I think works pretty well as a pair, which is two Dax episodes, uh, Equilibrium and Facets, two trill-heavy mythology kinds mm-hmm. of kinds of stories with uh, previous hosts being explored and uh, the whole trill thing. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you think? Uh, equilibrium. Uh... I think it's a see it just because uh, the, the, the backstory of the trail stuff. Um, and then what was the facets, right? Facets. Yeah. The second to last episode with the uh, prior yeah. hosts being. And then definitely, brought to life. Uh, definitely see it for me. Um, I think the. Uh, it gives the characters um, some cool things to do, different characters to play. Um, yeah. I like that we finally get some uh, maybe closure um, on kind of uh, Jadzia's kind of backstory and how she got the symbiont. Because uh, I think that at that point we, we didn't really, there was a mystery of why we didn't, you know, we knew that she had washed out, but she somehow got back in. Um, I I don't know if I like the... the, the that he's he's uh, in love with her. I'm not in love with that kind of <laughs> storyline, but I like to see uh, past hosts and then things like that. So I'll I'll say see it. I'll be generous in that way. <laughs> yeah. Now I think these these trill ideas uh, are important in Discovery season three. So if you're on board with that's Discovery true. Big time. and the the stuff that yeah. the um, Adira character brings to the forefront. I think mm-hmm. episodes like Equilibrium and Facets are maybe important homework for 
uh, teeing up with what comes there, um, the, the connection to past hosts, and that you know it's that there are some interesting dynamics that can be at play with our ability to, or the the, the, the current host's ability to interact with past. Uh-huh. Hosts, uh, that, that, that those things are possible uh, through trill tradition and uh-huh. things that they can unlock uh, through this way or that. So it, it I think, clarifies some things that come in uh-huh. episodes like Forget Me Not. Yeah. Uh, in Discovery season. Three. Yeah, and I like that. Um, it it adds wrinkles to just that just trill in general. Like it's not just yeah. you get the symbiont and that's it. No, there's, there's yeah. rituals that you got to do. There's there's um, yeah. sometimes health issues that have to be resolved. You got to go back to you know it's 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 um, not as easy as just you know a snap of a finger and the, you right. know a slice of a medical device that and everything's just hunky dory. I like that we explore that as well. All true, all true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do let's do the abandoned. Uh, that's kind of sticking out like a sore thumb. It's just like a random standalone episode that I can't pair with anything else. So, what do you uh, what do you think? The abandoned. Um, sorry, I'm just looking over the uh, <laughs> episode. Um, Kind of. Odo and the young yeah, 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 they find him in the um, the uh, in the cargo bay, and, and they learn some. Uh, I say, see it. I think there's some. Again, this is uh, some world building as far as with the Jemadar. Um, that you know, there's some good stuff uh, in that way. We kind of find out a little bit more about them. Um, and I like that their their heart is in the right place. Where they're okay, we're gonna try to help these people. The really uh, Federation, very Star Trek approach to try to help and guide them to a better path. I could be maybe talked out of it, but um, I think as far as sticking to my how I see see it or skip it, if there's an element in there in this episode where I think yeah, this this we need this. This is essential viewing. Then this is a see it. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I think I think it's an important piece to you know locking in just how difficult this Dominion problem is going to be. This, this yeah. young Jemadar is not somebody that is easy to. He's it's not as simple like you can't condition. Like it's it's not yeah. it's not going to come easy to sort of make change happen uh, with with the current situation. It's just not it's not yeah. going to come easy. Odo tries his best. Um, but it's just it's just not in the cards, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that that really does raise the stakes and uh, clarifies how difficult this path forward is going to be with the Jemadar and the Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an interesting uh, Cyber Honey mentions Forgotten, which is season five down the road, but kind of the Odo Daddy kind of episodes with Odo sort of taking <laughs> on this parental yeah. um, sort of role is I'm ga- I'm guessing that's why you're, you're pairing those two together, Cyber Honey. Um, but that's uh, yeah, it's definitely I think a, a good strong Odo episode. Um, but it, it, I wouldn't <clears> say it's classic. I don't think it's like an all time great or anything like that. No, um, good workmanlike, you know, middle of the road kind of episode. Um, what about uh, what about Defiant? That's another one that I can't pair necessarily. Um, 
that's a Thomas Riker. I'm skipping it. Uh, I, I, skipping it. I, I did like, not like this episode. I um, I don't buy that that Kira would just fall in love or not fall in love, but be attracted to him so quickly. Um, I'm not. I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, it it kind of does. It builds off of this um the Badlands being just. Uh, a problem uh, for Cisco and in, in the Federation. I, I don't buy that um, it, that the Defiant gets taken so easily, and that that Kira gets taken so easily. It's just um, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's a skip it for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can respect that. I, I have a hard time arguing with. The convenience of Kira's quick attraction to Riker. Yeah, I think that's an easy sort of, maybe even lazy play on the Riker ladies man thing from TNG. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I agree with all that. I also, I think the fine is sort of stripped away a little too easily. But I do what I like about that episode. What keeps me there and keeps me in the thumbs up camp is the Cisco Ducat. Uh, dynamic um, oh, in yeah. that Cardassian control room. They work together. Big yeah. They're having to work together, but kind of begrudgingly, and that there's a lot of uh, they're, they're they're doing it and they're trying their best, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of hard, uh, you know, built-in I, resentment from Ducat towards Cisco and towards the Federation. The, the bruised like, feelings and egos are yeah. barely on display. There's some good lines in that. Some writing where yes. they they talk about. Uh, missing kids birthdays and things yes. like that and the pers- like their stuff. kids perspective on each other uh i do i do like that that's tough uh but isn't it cure with burial like it's it's just, it's just yeah. uh, i don't know i can't good get past point. it <laughs> yeah yes yeah. that's actually a good point yeah. um yeah no i i totally get that i think factor there to, to allow it to happen mm-hmm. lots of icy kinds of choices uh, to allow it to happen. Cyber Honey suggests that the fine can be compared to civil defense because of Ducat in his heavy role, you're, you are correct yep. they're close in proximity and they both have you heavily featured Ducat uh, that is true um, yeah yeah. Uh, we have three left uh, I'm going to pair Destiny and three Glass together as heavy Cisco kinds of episodes. Through the yeah. Glass is mirror universe. I have a feeling I know what you say. Um, Destiny is a whole different animal, but I think I'm comfortable pairing them as Avery uh, Brooks. Whoops. Like. I think Destiny is a C. That's like the comment, right? And um, yeah, that's the comment. I, I think. Different. Yeah, I I like that because um, it it plays with uh kind of our perspective and our expectations uh, of not just um the emissary side of, of Cisco, but also um, just how the Bajorans like interpret their their um, things and and things like that. It's, it's it's perspective. It's like oh okay, well well we thought this because uh, they thought this because of the two the three snakes or whatever was the yeah. uh, Cardassians, right? And so th- that th- their perspective can be swayed from past events. So that's it's 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 kind of hard to, um, yeah. I don't know if I'm making. Yeah, sense, no, but. you're right. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, it's a good exploration of the that the Bajoran prophecy idea and being guided by the, you know, you know, being led by 
like religious um, indicators in old texts, basically, and how easily you might misconstrue misconstrued the, those messages and those ideas, and that your your like you said your current perspective, things that you have in your mind now, might sway the way you read into some of these things, and and, and run off with whatever message that yeah might be might be there. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really strong, I think, exploration of Cisco's comfort level with this whole thing, uh, mm-hmm. being the emissary and having this role with the with Jorans. He's, he's kind of thrust into this position where he has to, uh, you know, have discussions about it. He kind of runs from it up to this point and yeah. doesn't have any comfort level talking about that role. Um, and this, I think, kind of forces his hand and makes mm-hmm. him confront some of those things. Yeah. So I think it's important on that front. Mm-hmm. What about through the looking glass? It's a tough one. I could go either way on this, um, but I'm going to try to stick to my guns here and say skip it. Um, I'm not very big on uh, the Mirror Universe at this point. It um, The kidnapping of Cisco just seems too casual, too convenient. Um, the tough thing is uh, I'm not really invested in what happens in this side of the Mirror Universe. The only saving grace for this episode is that we get to see some I kind of like the exploration of him having to deal with his wife, see his wife again and things like that and um, yeah I don't know if if we're talking about (laughs) I think uh, his wife seems like the, the same she would be in if she was in our universe prime universe so and it's tough um but i do like some some of that uh but i've just never been a mirror universe fan so i I don't i don't necessarily as this might be really harsh but i don't really care about this side (laughs) of the uh this side of the um or this this universe when when there's so much already going on on in the prime universe why spend 45 minutes back in this place so sorry i just i'm not a big fan no yeah i I totally i totally hear that and you're not alone um and i I have mixed feelings myself i think the looking glass is the most difficult one for me to kind of pin down i think some of the mirror universe stuff later than this i have more clearly negative feelings for i really like crossover from last season i think that's strong episode um with mirror universe being brought back i think they do some fun things there um Uh, less campy and more dark and menacing kind of like Mirror Mirror was Uh, but this one the strength of this one is what you kind of said uh, forcing Cisco to come face to face with his his dead wife and have that second chance and actually there's there's dialogue in uh, Discovery season one uh, after Discovery comes back from the Mirror Universe at the end of the season uh, with Sarek and Admiral um, Cornwell uh, talking about needing to keep the mirror universe kind of under wraps because of these kinds of things, like the, especially after a war where there's people dead all over the place and people lost relatives and family and friends, the temptation to jump universes to you know see an alternate version of somebody that you love and that's no, no longer here would be too strong uh, and too tempting for people to you know play around with and. Uh, th- th- this is exactly what Cisco is kind of forced into. I mean, he's not he's not choosing to go do this, but he's put in this position where he has to um, see another version of a, a lost loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I 
I think those ideas are interesting. I like that way of exploring mirror universe in a fresh way. It's not just campy, you know, mustache twirling, mm -hmm. goatee twirling versions of us <laughs> that are evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do appreciate that, but I agree with you in the sense that by this point, I'm kind of, I, I'm not in love with it anymore. Like, I just, I feel like the, the, the lust is kind of off of it, the, the, the shines off the mirror universe by this point. So I, I don't know where I would fall on it. Uh, I'm kind of curious to get to it and watch it again fresh when I hit season three myself. Yeah. Um, so I, I respect your skip it for sure. But I also, I, I see why somebody would be a fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and our last one is the season finale, The Adversary, uh, which I've already put is, uh, see it. Um, yeah. yeah, the adversary. Uh, the one of the things that I love most about it is um, it uh, it really plays on the the um, on how the founders can really emulate. They're way better uh, than Odo uh, in, in emulating people, um, and I think that that's that spreads distrust distrust throughout the quadrant. Right, we see it in the in the. The next season, where um, you got to start a meeting with uh, cutting um, and then showing blood and things like that. So I think it, it really adds a element of, of mystery to just people you think you think you know, right? You you trust these people, and then they end up being uh, not that. So um, <laughs> it, it feels big. Um, I think uh, I think this episode they uh, a changeling harms another, right? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Kills. I mean, I don't know if he yeah. means to kill him, but he does. So that I think that's a big ripple effect as well. But I think the bigger, right. bigger ripple is um, the uh, the distrust that uh, leaks into the next season. So um, I think it's definitely a, a big see it for me. Yeah, I love the adversary. I see AK or um, I keep calling you AK Mammal Cyber Enemy. My old Periscope Hive habits. Uh, the uh, the adversary skip it for for her. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's it's very distinctive with its sort of sweaty action, uh, retake the ship kind of a situation, yeah. paranoia. Um, it, it's its tones are very distinctive, and if it's not it's not for you, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, but I, I do I do like it. It, it kind of fits in. Watched uh, there is a tide from Discovery at the end of season three, and I feel like this is kind of a similar kind of thing with retaking the ship and mm -hmm. um, the, the sort of I don't know like there's there's that sort of subgenre of Star Trek episode with crewmen like crawling through Jeffrey's tubes with phaser rifles and yeah. like subterfuge and uh, trying to trick the, the bad guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I I like those kinds of episodes, so it's it's for me for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, you're right. It, it's clearly it tees up a lot of what's coming with you know the, how how pervasive the Dominion are and how quickly they can integrate themselves with these changelings and cause chaos without you even really knowing it until yeah. it's too late. And there's a lot of things that come later on from that idea, mm -hmm. and that's a major jumping off point that in the season four. I think there are episodes in season four that really. Uh, take essential ideas from the adversary and sprint with them uh, yeah. forward. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a big key episode. Uh, Cisco's promoted to captain. He's he is officially yeah. captain Cisco in that. Good moments um, there. Yes. Uh, so, 
you have just five skippets, which is by far, I think, the lowest percentage of skippets yeah. uh, that you've done so far with these Deep Space Nine seed skippets. And, and, and I think we did think... a TOS part too as well. Yeah, we did. Um, by far the lowest ratio of skippets. I think. Um, so far. And I think, unfortunately, spoiler alert, this is only going to become a theme uh, because I think the more serialized the show gets, the, the harder. The harder it's gonna get to um, see those uh, skippets on there because um, again, just back to my uh, and maybe we can kind of wrap up with this. Uh, the way that this is set up again is um, if there's an element in there that I think is essential for the story, even if it's a middle of the road episode, uh, I say it to see it. So uh, I think just as we go forward, um, it's gonna be a lot more see it. So. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I think maybe Cyber Honey or, or someone mentioned, um, this is just my take. This is um, what I think. Um, it's it's not a, a, a mandatory thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Your mileage may vary. There's maybe some uh, episodes where you don't agree with. Uh, there's maybe some episodes that uh, we don't agree with. Uh, but that is the beauty of watching Star Trek. So, again, at the end of the day, I am putting together an essential kind of viewing kind of schedule map. But at the end of the day, I think the best way to do it is um, to watch it all. So. Yeah, no, J- Jimmy77, yeah. uh, going back a little bit, I wanted to this that <clears throat> honestly, though, you watch every episode of Star Trek at least once. Different people have different tastes. Exactly. Yes, some episodes that are mostly panned by most fans I sometimes enjoy, like Guilty Pleasure. Yes, all of that is true. And I, I echo all of that, I think. And I would I would actually go a step further and say everybody give episodes more than one chance because I, as somebody who's watched these things over and over and over again mm-hmm. across different phases my own life you know i can uh, just speaking for myself I, there are episodes that rob mentioned it himself actually uh in, in chat talking about heart of stone as a teenager didn't really resonate with him but now as an adult having a little bit more perspective on life being older mm-hmm. uh you know both the odo and the nog developments those big confessions yeah. are uh you know, play very differently when you're when you're you know 30 as opposed to 15 maybe <laughs> like there's there's definitely yeah. a, a difference there and how to act in these things and how these stories resonate with you so you know continue to go back to them don't write them off like keep going back and and different episodes will play differently for you at different points in your life mm-hmm. and that that's that's the fun of having something like this that you can like really throw yourself into and keep going, going back to mm-hmm. especially when there's so much of it like you can you can continuously go back, and it's yeah. been a while since the last time you saw it. You inevitably experience new things in life, and at yeah. that point, change your perspective. So, yeah, I, I think watch it all is always the best um, avenue. Yeah. But like Dan said, I think this is just a, 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 a avenue to take to sort of put these episodes in perspective, at least for this rewatch and this exactly. this time around, like yep. what felt important and what's what, what felt like it really brought something to the table that felt essential and feels like yeah. it's going to be important moving forward. It's just one way to do it. It's, it's, it's a different spin on the three stars, four stars, five stars kind of idea mm-hmm. or the letter grade that I do usually or the thumbs, sheer thumbs up, thumbs down. There's so many ways you can do it. This one mechanism. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was Rob. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was somebody else. I don't know. Somebody asked the essential question, which you knew was coming. What's the best? Or, and best? That's a different question. What's, what's the best and what's your favorite episode of season three? Both. 
Like, how would you how would you differentiate that question? Best is. I think the best is past tense. Okay. Um, favorite is probably between explorers and civil defense. Those two, right now, I would say maybe explorers is my favorite. <laughs> then okay. civil, then civil defense. Uh, if I really got to. Uh, uh, for really got to buckle down and say it, but um, yeah, season three as a whole is is, is to me very strong. Uh, I think one of the best season threes probably out there. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's up there with TNG maybe, um, and and some other season threes obviously. But um, yeah, some really good episodes, some classics, um, maybe some missteps, um, but and and somewhere in the middle. So yeah. Not, not a lot of, I think, like your skippets kind of indicate, I, I don't think there are a lot of real misfires. I think when I look at that list, Meridian and Fascination both stand out to me as like the big, real whiffs, like real big swings and misses yeah. for me. Uh, they're the two that really stand out as, whoa, they really, uh, they, they swung and missed. But yeah. other than that, I think all of these episodes carry some level of uh, value. Yeah. Uh, that you know, there, there's certainly a lot of variance between something like improbable cause and say equilibrium. Like there's yeah. a difference there as far as like heft and and, and overall uh, quality, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, equilibrium is no less you know worth attention. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sorry, this went a little long, guys. Um, but I really do like doing this. I like. Yeah. Um. I like having that conversation of, of putting my opinion on an episode out there and having you guys challenge it or, or see, seeing your guys' perspective on the episodes. I think that's at the core. This is really, like Bill mentioned, like the rankings. It's the same It's the same kind of process and same kind of thing. We're trying to get to how do we think about these episodes. Let's change our perspectives. Let's look at these episodes a little bit differently in a different light. Um, so I, I, I really do enjoy these quite a bit. Yeah, me too. I, I think this is a cool way to look at them. I like kind of skipping around and not going in chronological order and just kind yeah, of bouncing yeah. around, having like just poking prod around whatever episodes kind of come to mind, mm-hmm. uh, pairing up characters and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I like the approach. I like the way we did it, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I look forward to doing season four uh, as well. Um, so um, definitely be thinking about that, guys. And if you guys are listening to it after the fact or um, listening to it on the podcast feed, definitely come over to Twitter or our Discord server and let us know which ones, if, if there's an episode that you don't agree with, if, if there's one that you agree with, or if you want to send me the whole list even, that's, that's fine too. Uh, we just want to hear from you guys. So yeah can echo that more we'd love to hear the feedback we want to hear what your guys favorite episodes of season three are top fives top tens rankings of the full season whatever you want to do we are here for all of it Mm -hmm. um all feedback um all right we'll we'll kind of close with uh discussion that doesn't have to stop here twitter uh, obviously is a good place to find us but also if you are inclined uh to stretch yourself a little bit if you haven't gotten into the whole discord thing yet we do have a discord server 
uh, for Trek Live with a nice little community uh, um, uh, of folks who are positive and pleasant and, and open-minded and are not uh, negative Nancy's about Trek, um, new, old, in the middle. Uh, we have channels there where people talk about what they're watching currently, books they're reading, uh, just general. Those are random. General chat. You can talk about anything, you know. It's just, yeah, all good stuff. But it connects you with with other fans. We also have what we call uh, Trek After Dark hangouts every so often. Uh, we should be having another one pretty soon, uh, where it's very casual. We have uh, the opportunity to connect with people uh, on video chat or on voice chat or just typing in a big setting. Uh, where we just kind of hang out casually. Rob's been there for them. Um, he's in the chat now. Um, we'll, we'll group watch episodes. We'll play trivia. We'll just kind of chat and mm-hmm. get to know each other. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in joining that, if you want a tutorial on what Discord is and how it works and um, what the ins and outs are, you can DM me on Twitter at trekfan4387. I'd be happy to and everyone's welcome. Yeah, we'll be back uh, next week to talk about more Trek. Um, That being said, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.